I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. Welcome back to Old School. I'm Chief Rick Lasky, along with my best buddy, Chief John Salka. And well, we'd like to start off by saying we're hoping that your summer is going great already. It, it's been going great for us between uh, getting caught up on family stuff and, um, you know, traveling around, teaching, doing our thing and uh, doing some consulting work and some other things. So it's all good and busy there. Um, uh, well, I was going to ask you, John, any updates on the Salka family? I know you got one in the fire academy again, right? Yes, we got Brian and uh, Wichita Fire Academy. Week uh, today is just—is it week two or week three? I can't quite remember. I think it's week two. Um, doing well, really, 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 really challenging and difficult and physically demanding. But in spite of that, he's doing well and he's uh, talking uh, very positively about it. So we'll talk more about that as the evening goes on. But uh, yeah, he's doing good. Well, you know, I mean, you, you get what you produce, right? We've talked about that, you know, with the FDNY. Actually, you know, we, we I had somebody ask us, and I'm sure you had too, asked not too long ago, you know, you guys seem to talk about a lot of different departments. We brag on different departments, obviously, where we go. You always, uh, you, you're always very great. I mean, you, you're always great about bragging about the guys from, you know, South Blooming, uh, South Blooming Grove, where you're at, at your, you know, your volunteer department. I love bragging on my Wichita West guys. And then the, obviously the FDNY with you and with Lewis with me, but you know, once in a while we'll get somebody say, so I hear you talk about certain departments once in a while. Um, and you know, you know, why, why do you, you, you kind of zoom in on them a little bit, you know, cause you and I, we got, we, when we'll talk, I guess we'll hit on some of these. Um, what comes to mind is I know we talk about Stockton, California a lot. We talk about Wichita, Wichita, Kansas, um, obviously Louisville, Texas and the FDNY and Fort Worth and, Hell, Snohomish County uh, Fire District 4, where our buddy Greg Osborne is, they kick ass out there. But I guess, John, let's let's start with, I mean, why do you find yourself? I mean, and, and I, let's go back to when we were teaching in Kansas, you, you, you had some time to visit with Brian, and Brian had just been notified, or was in the process of being notified that he was hired by Wichita, Kansas. And you just kind of very innocently, innocently right, you're staying in your hotel and you you see the tower ladder uh, you know, on a run across the street and you want, you know, of course, you know, it's not like you run over to see the bread truck, you know, you run over to see the tower ladder and the guys and, you know, you always travel in incognito like you do, like nobody's going to know who you are. And they, they spotted you and recognize you right away. But to tell, tell us about, you know, I love the story behind the excitement that I heard in your voice about meeting these guys and why you were like, these guys get it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was pretty cool. As you said, uh, uh, Brian and Rachel and Layla were, were settling in, in Wichita and he was, uh, uh, you know, getting on a job file for it, going through the steps, the process, the interview, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So finally 
you know, he, he gets notified it's going to happen. You, you and I were already doing a little, we were already doing a training event in, in Kansas yeah. and I, uh, and, and flying it to Wichita. So I changed my arrival date and I got there a couple of days early and I, and I hung out with them for a while. I was already flying in. I was already going to be in Kansas. So uh, things worked out well as far as the traveling. But while I was there one day, I stayed at the hotel across the street. It was the, uh, it was, it was by far the nicest hotel I've ever stayed in. It, hands down, counting any hotel I've ever been in. And uh, it was just very, very nice. Diagonally across the street from their apartment house. And uh, one morning, I think it was Sunday morning. Now, Brian was still working because he had gone to work, working at a motorcycle shop. Obviously, they got to pay bills while he's waiting to get in the academy. Right. And he was at work that morning. But uh, I'm looking out the window, getting ready to walk across and see, and see Rachel and, and, my, and my granddaughter, Layla. And uh, a towel ladder comes rolling up. There was a, uh, uh, what do you call it, going on in the park, like a, a flea market. You know, all tents were up and people were out walking around. And then a little squad truck pulled up to it. It was a run. The lights were on and stuff. Um, I didn't see anything really happening. I went back to getting ready to get dressed and get out there. And about 20 minutes later, I walked across the uh, the park. I looked at a few of the booths and stuff, but I was sort of heading to the towel. It was a big, beautiful, brand new, like Pierce, you know, $5 million towel ladder, whatever the heck it was. It was gigantic and it was beautiful. And anyway, so I go walking past it and I stopped to take a look. I'm standing there for like oh, 15, 20 seconds. And one of the firefighters, I see him out of the corner of my eye, just sort of walking up towards me. And he walks right up to me. Chief Salka, is that you? <laughs> I said, yes, yes, hi, how are you? You know, I said, how'd you know it was me? He said, oh, how did, how did he recognize How did he recognize you? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was odd, but not odd, but it was uncomfortable. You know, people walk up to you in the street like that. But anyway, and, and, we, and we just hit it off very quickly. I know I went to a few of your classes and blah, 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 blah. And, Oh, how, how cool. I said, you know what? I'm here because my son is, I think, I said, I think he's in the process and I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to get on and, uh, you know, start the academy. So he said, really? Oh, they got a class done in June and make a long story short, this firefighter and another one. And there were just two of them along with the captain. There were like three people on that big old towel ladder, three people, two guys in the cab and one guy in the back. And, uh, but they started talking. Actually, we spent a long time talking about the rig and about the saws and the compartments. He showed me so many, so many unique things, which, which we'll get into a little bit, a little bit later, but you know, tools and equipment and ladders and, and radios and gosh, it, it was quite interesting. And, and, and as I told you, it was almost like I was in a Bronx firehouse or on a street in the Bronx talking to a guy <laughs> from 27 truck or rescue three or something. They just had that air about them. They had that, that professional, trained just oozing out of them and everything they talked about they knew completely that everything they talked about whether it was the saw or the chainsaws or the so they had six six one two three four five six saws i, on I know ring. i know you took pictures and, and i told uh, who, who was i telling i was i was telling ryan my chief when i said i get it with john john's like you you would not believe first of all he's bragging about the whole time he goes and he starts whipping his phone on. He starts showing me all these pictures he took. He's like, I felt like it was in the Bronx. I felt like it was in the Bronx talking to some guys in the Bronx. These guys from Wichita were freaking incredible. But how many saws? What, six saws? Six saws. <laughs> there's only three people on the rig and there's six saws. You know? and, uh, and, I'm not, and I'm not joshing about that or making fun of it. I think it's tremendous. He had a, he had a tool. He had a, a box, an electronic control box that he took out of the compartment. It was smaller than a helmet, you know? But, but, you know, a nice size. And it was a remote control for the towel ladder. He said, I don't have to be on the, I don't have to be on the turntable to operate 
the the boom and the basket and 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 all that other stuff. And I just went on and on and on, you know. And uh, I just hit it off really well with these two guys, so well, in fact, that later on in the day, I, I met them at their firehouse. I went, which was not very far away. Obviously, that's why they were first due there at that area of the hotel. And uh, we ended up going out on a run a little bit later, and I saw how fast that tower ladder could go. And, uh, <laughs> and, when, and when we got off the rig, you know, we rolled into this box. When we got off the rig, guys were getting off their rigs, and I think I found out later, and I, I think they said three engines, two trucks, two squads, a rescue and a battalion, like for a structural fire, for a, for a report of a structural fire, which to me is tremendous. Now, obviously, it sounds like a big response. you got to remember it's only three people per apparatus, but they – but they made up for it by by right. a, a bigger, better response, you know, right. not a response assignment, you know. So uh, and everybody I met, you know, and, and, and later on, uh, Sam Hiddle, who's a captain of rescue, too. Uh, I knew him from 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 teaching. Well, Sam, and we got Sam, we got to throw a shout out to him. Sam is a great, great company officer, great, what a, great instructor, a great, great teacher, got a great following. People love him. As soon as I found out Brian was interested in uh, in Wichita. You know, I, I spoke to him and he was very receptive and, and, and willing to help me talk to people and find out what's going on and what he might have to do next to get, you know, to, to maybe make the class and stuff like that. And then we went and visited him too. Uh, Brian and I actually together went and visited him on another morning and uh, we ended up going on a run with him in that big gigantic rescue. And <laughs> the same thing, when I got there, it was like a box in the Bronx. Companies rolling up, everybody getting off the rig, fully dressed, helmets on, chin straps on. SCBAs, one tool, two tools. I mean, slings over their shoulders with little, with little power saws on them and stuff like that. Just, just a very interesting professional that had the air of a really experienced, well-trained professional fighter bomber. I couldn't have been. I'm telling you, I couldn't have been more impressed with the operation there. Well, and 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 it, and it oozed out of you when we got together in Great Bend. Great Bend, another great fire department there. We did our company officer academy. You know, you were just, I, I, I see you get, you, you know, lit up and excited about a lot of great things. You know, something you guys did at South Blooming Grove or something that, you know, you went back to and met some of the guys that you started with in the, you know, in the city and, you know, the FDNY, but you were just like stoked. You're like, you were whipping through the pictures so quick. I said, just send them to me because you were going so fast through them. I couldn't see you go and look at this tool and look at this thing. And, and you and I have said this before, we love being around firefighters who get it. We love being around those that love the job, right? That, like you said, you just described it. They get off the rig, they're fully dressed. We see sometimes quite the opposite where you go, really? You get off the rig, not dressed? You get off the rig without your tool? You, you know. We both, told we both told stories of our own departments oh. on occasion even where less than less than aggressive companies sometimes do that and well. how – how nerve-wracking it is. And, and we're talking about Wichita, Kansas. We're going to mention a couple other apartments because, again, this goes back to that person. It's happened several times with other people. Why do we always talk about certain apartments? Well, it's not certain. We talk about a lot of our departments. Don't get me wrong. But Hi. there's a few we, when we look for examples. Why not? Now, you said something that, that numerous firefighters from Wichita, Kansas, told you this. And, and we've said this before, and our good friend, uh, Chief Al Brunacini, used to say, when it comes to leadership, his exact words were, you can't shit up. You can't shit up, man. It all starts. And and they they said to you, right, they couldn't stop going on about how much they love the chief they have and how they've just flipped. I mean, since this since, since she's been in her – I mean, explain what they were saying because 
they told you about their chief and everything she's done for them since she's been in there. Right. If I remember correctly, I think it was 2017 or something that she was uh, either selected or promoted. I can't remember. I believe she came from inside, but it doesn't matter. Um, actually, on another box that I went to um, with the rescue, the one I told you about, there was a battalion chief at that scene. And, and Sam said, Chief, come on over and meet the chief. He said, uh, he knows a couple of your FDNY guys, Bobby Pressler and, and Timmy Clett. And they've been here before, too, you know, riding and, and, and taking pictures yeah. of so I went over and met the chief. I, I, I apologize for not remembering his name. What a gentleman. What a nice fella. Greeted me like, like he knew me. You know, how you doing, chief? Good. I, I, I follow you and I read all your stuff. It's great work, you know. And, he, and when we started talking about the job and, and, and this and that, and he was very positive. He said, you know what, chief? He said, I hear, I hear your boys getting ready to get in the academy. He was not actually in. It hadn't started yet when I was there. He said, I hear your boy maybe in the academy. He said, let me tell you something. He said, I've been here for, I think he said, 31 years or something. He said, it's never been better. It's never been better. I've been here 31 years and it's never been better. That tells you a lot when somebody tells you that. Versus, oh, God, yeah. They, they can say a lot of other things. They can say, oh, it's really good now. And yeah, but, but he said, it's never been better. He said, they're looking at increasing the staffing possibly and maybe even open up a few, reopening or opening up a few, a few new firehouses here and there where response times are a little, little more delayed than, than they, they'd like them to be. And uh, I mean, if you just looked around at the equipment and the tools and the and the helmets and the, and the you know the turnout gear, everything was just you know in in great shape and everybody was moving about, going somewhere where they knew they were going. Nobody's wandering around with a baseball hat on or anything like that. Which is listen, nobody's perfect. Nobody does every single thing right. Nobody does it. But you and I, because we travel around the country, because most of the places we go to for a seminar or a training event or a company officer academy, most of the time we do get in, in, you know, introduced to or brought by a fire station or a firehouse or, or a box location. And, and we do see and meet and observe so many officers and firefighters, both at work and responding and at scenes. And the really, really excellent ones. And, and you know, everybody has to admit, there are really excellent fire departments. They're all, you know, fire departments are just like firefighters. There's a couple of real top-notch people in every company and every department, and there's a couple of real knuckle-draggers at the bottom. And then most <laughs> guys are in between in that 80% in the middle, right? Well, it's the same thing with departments. You, 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 you visit 20 departments over a couple of years or a year, and, and one or two or three of them are going to be like, wow, what a squared-away joint. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a big department like Wichita. Wichita's got like 20-something stations. It, it could be a, a five-station fire department that's really squared away. could be a one or, station. Or not. Right. Could be a one, oh, could be a one station. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I just I just remembered it meant so – I mean, it hit me because, you know, we're, we do so much on leadership. We do so much on development. We do so much on – and, you know, both of us always help fire departments find new fire chiefs, the right chief, to find someone that's going to come in there and, and take care of the, the guys and gals that work there and, you know, have their best interests at heart. We always say that. It always, it's always about your people. It's always about your people. And in this case, you know, it, it is about her people and, you know, doing what she can from, from her perch, if you will, because, you know, everybody has bosses above them, city managers and mayors and council. I, it just kind of stuck out with me. And then all the pictures, and then you get into just the, the, the atmosphere you said. I mean, and I could see it through the pictures, you know, the pictures you took of how they store their tools in between shifts, the pictures of the tools on the rigs. The pictures are ladders, the pictures of, you know, the guys in the gear, just like you, we've shown pictures before in our class of, okay, can you tell they're ready, right? 58 truck in the Bronx. 
bunker pants are set up right. Here's this, here's that radio harnesses. You know, we've said forever about how you could walk into a firehouse and, and you could talk, or you could talk, just talk to a fire for a few minutes. You could tell if they're into the job or not. Um, and, and, and before we move on from, from Wichita, Kansas, one more thing I wanted you to mention when, when Brian was just visiting there, he and Rachel were in town visiting and he stopped, he saw they were hired. He stopped by firehouse. And obviously he didn't go, Brian is definitely not this way. He is a, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I work my ass off and I do my own thing, but he didn't walk in there and he purposely didn't say, you know, hi, how you doing? I'm Brian Salka. He just said, yo, I see you guys might be hiring. And, you know, and what was it? A, was it a captain that took him? Yeah, there was a crew there and the crew was very receptive. He said very, you know, friendly and talking about the job and saying, oh yeah, there's a class coming up and have you done this? Have you done that? And, you know, here's the website to go to or, or whatever. The details are, I don't have them exactly correct, but it doesn't matter. It was a receptive, um, you know, experience that he had there. And, and, and I guess they were talking about the job. I don't know that many details about it, but I know the one thing that Brian said about it that was very, it was almost a, not a deal breaker, but a deal maker for him. You know, at one point, the captain must have seen that. No, no, number one, Brian's a clean cut, squared away, you know, young man with experience. You know, he's got a couple of years already as a career firefighter. Built, built like a brick shit house too. Oh, yeah, very fit. You know, uh, he was in the Marines for a couple of years. My point is, you know, so I guess he was asking the right questions or he maybe he was giving off the right vibes as well because the captain came over to him and said, you know, I don't know if he put his arm around him or not, but he came over to him and said, listen, we're not looking for employees. We're looking for firefighters. <laughs> so, God, you know, if you're looking that. to take this test, that, that's, that, that's what's going to get hired, you know. And Brian said, when I heard that, I knew this is where I wanted to stay. You know? <laughs> and, and it means a whole lot. You know, that means nothing to anybody who's listening to this, unless you're a firefighter and some, and that means, and then it means a lot, you know? Oh, it was just, I mean, when, when, when someone like that grabs a stranger, a visitor walk in their firehouse, you know, we've said before, some of our best recruiters are the people in the firehouses. You know what I'm saying? You want to recruit people, go out and do the right thing. Look sharp, you know, Wichita, Kansas, you know, I, I love watching the videos of their fires. They did, they host a great, training symposium there hands-on training what wichita hot whatever anyway to, to those of our listeners out there if you're looking for any information you know there's a bunch of people there but get a hold of sam hittle sam sam hittle will turn you on to whatever you need to do to get there for their classes they do or for whatever but so so we we we, we love talking about wichita kansas you know you've heard me talk about fort worth has always been cutting edge fort worth fire department Louisville, texas i mean 12 years there that, that, you know, proud and honored to have been part of that organization. Great firefighters, same thing. Off the rig, dressed, tools, into it. You look at it, you look at pictures of them, and you just go, you know, I mean, it's not an act. They 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 look the role, but they play the role. You know, Greg Greg Osborne, our buddy Greg in Washington with his Snohomish guys, it's Snohomish Fire District number four. They're into it. but And, and for some of our, our listeners – the videos, John, you and I talk about, like you could follow Wichita, you know, Wichita, the Kansas Fire Department and, and go to fires with them. How about Stockton? You know, Stockton, California and the Stockton uh, Firefighters Local 456, Local 456, the U side, the helmet cam. Good God almighty. I watched another one, John. I posted it. Those guys, and when I say they hit the ground running, 
not run it. You know, we always talk about don't run the fire around, but what we always said is they describe it as they work at a rapid pace. It's pretty hard to find somebody when they've got a job that's just standing there. I mean, they, they get off the rig, they hit the ground running, they stretch lines, uh, you know, and and you and I've said this in classes before, you don't get to be like a Stockton, California. You don't get to be like Wichita, Kansas or Louisville, Texas, or you know, the FDNY or whatever, you don't get that way without training. You don't get that way without checking, you, getting there, getting your gear on, getting your stuff, checking your tools, making sure your tools, knowing your tools, knowing your assignments, you know, knowing tactics and strategy. Because there's guys out there, John, they, they put their stuff on, and you've said it before, there's a lot of pretend firefighters. they got the uniforms, the mustaches, and the ball caps, but they're not. You know, they're not the real thing, you know. And, and, and you and I have seen it, and I'm sure our, our listeners have seen it, Again, go go to YouTube and, and all the other places where there's videos and, and recordings of, of fire scenes and fire attacks. And I don't know how many, I don't, I'm not going to quantify it with numbers, but I can't believe how many firefighters offices you see just like walking around the rig. like And in the background, there's a building burning to beat the van, <laughs> burning to beat the van. There's window, fire out five windows, burning under the front porch horizontally. And, and there's a guy opening like one, two three compartments looking for something and he got out of the front seat i mean the guys in my job they know what, what compartment they're going to they can and reach in with their eyes closed and grab it they know it's on the top shelf right. in the middle you know and that's what good fire departments are about but but everybody's not a good fire department and, and you when you see people sharing videos obviously the videos that that don't look so good are not videoed by the fire department they're videoed by the by the neighbors by the people across the street or the right. that, are, that are hanging around or responding and and those are the signs and the and there's and the sim, you know, those, those are the things that we see. And that's how you judge a fire department by how they perform. You know? Well, and we've talked before, you know, as much as we like to joke about old TV shows and stuff like Adam 12, you know, with the LAPD and, and, and Jim Reed and Pete Malloy and the emergency with Johnny Gage, Roy DeSoto. The one thing I was always amazed about Adam 12 is they, they, the, the, they filmed that so well that the training Academy used episodes to show the recruits you want to see how to do it well watch a video from stockton right i mean john i mean right i mean you, look you just said it nobody's perfect and, and the, the guys the gals from stockton will be the first one to say look we're not perfect but holy i mean smokes they they you look at their gear look at their tools look at how they and and how they communicate the last fire just posted john the communication between the crews the communication with the you know the the top side and the bottom side and the other way around. Let I mean, you know where we get placed. Like, is anybody gonna say anything or is anybody gonna tell them what's going on? You know, the information given to the battalion chiefs. You know, because you know they beat them in there and they're there and the chief gets there. They're this, hey chief, I got. And and I watched this one video where they're calling for an attic ladder. They got good fire. They actually got chased out. Good freaking fire up 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 top. And there was a point where they go, we got we got to back out of here. Like we all, hey, you know what? It, too much fire and we're, we got to back out and hit this from the outside or whatever. And one of the crews called for an attic ladder and the, and the helmet cam firefighter I'm following that said his video, he's, you know, he's in his rapid pace. He's up and he goes up, oh, he does it about face, you know, turns back. He wasn't the one asked to get the ladder. He heard on the radio, somebody called command for a ladder. He turns around, gets, I mean, you watch him. He beats, he's back, beats feet to the pumper, pulls the, he takes off. He goes, Hey, I got the attic ladder. And then he goes, 
where other places like, well, no, uh, did someone get the attic? No, someone got, okay, orange or two, go ahead and we'll assign you to get the attic ladder for, you know, where, where guys there, they're like falling over each other to, to work as part of a team, right? I mean, just, you know. Another thing that's real important, and actually I, 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 just, I just wrote an article very recently. I just sent it in uh, for an upcoming uh, magazine. And, and the article was about the rapid fire attack. How, you know, firefighting is, is, is a time-sensitive event. You, we, we turn out quickly at the firehouse. And, 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 and I'm not saying we're going to tear ass there, you know, yeah. on the highways and be dangerous. But, but you do. You do got to try and, and get there as quickly, as, as rapidly, as swiftly as possible. We don't want to waste anything. We're not stopping at red lights waiting for it to, you know, for it to time out to continue our response. So you want to turn out quick. You want to get there quick. And you want, and you want to snap into action quick. It's time sensitive. And it's hard to believe that there's people that you see walking and you and I turn to each other and say, wait a minute, maybe, is, this, is this a training video? Maybe yeah. this is a training video. Maybe that's why they're walking slow. And all of a sudden you look and you say, holy crap, this isn't a training video. This is how these guys really walk when somebody's house is burning down. When somebody's stuck on the second floor, there's guys walking around like they're at a training drill at the fire academy. Like, I'm not suggesting running because there's no, there's, no, there's no place for running unless there's a dog running after you or the building's going to fall on you. But, but there should be a bounce in everybody's step. You should be hustling. Hustling is a great word. You should be hustling to every position you got to get to. Whether you get into the roof, whether you're climbing up a ladder, you know. But you can't hustle in the right direction, right? And we'll go back to this. Unless you know your shit, your training, right? You said it. If you have to go through compartment, you know, my my my, my volunteer fire department has one pumper, one engine. Everybody in the department should know where everything is in every compartment. It's not like, oh, God, are we looking at engine two right now? Are we looking at engine five or engine 17? We have one engine. Everybody should know where the stuff is on an engine. And, and, and like you said, you can't hustle, all right? You know, that, that doesn't happen unless you're dialed in. You know where everything's at. You know how to use your tools. You step off the rig and you're ready to go to work right now. There's no delays. You drove red lights and sirens. Like you said, I've never understood that. You drove uh, 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 air horns, all this stuff. You drove all that way. And then you get there and you're walking around. And, and that's somebody, like you said, that's somebody's home that's on fire. You know, and again, we're, we're not professing running and tripping over shit and falling and doing. But I like that phrase, working at a rapid pace. You said hustling. I think that's the same right, thing. Right. You know, but you can't do that unless you train. You can't stretch a line into a building rapidly and efficiently unless you practice stretching lines. Go ahead, buddy. I'll tell you another thing I saw. And again, I happen to see it at Wichita, but, but I've heard it many times before. But, but I was at one of the companies one day and the door was open and inside the officer's door, on the door where a lot of places have a little stop sign or a little reflective, you know, stickers, right. there, was, there, there was a, it was bigger than a bumper sticker and it said, expect fire, expect victims. And that translates into the same exact message that we were just talking about, about hustling, about being quick, about being swift, about getting there, about know what you're doing and going and reporting to your position right away with the right tools. Expect fire, expect victims. I mean, how simple could the message be? Could it be much more simple than that for a guy with two weeks on the job or with a guy with two decades on the job? The message is the same. John, how many times have we said this before? If you want to cut response times, get out the door quickly. You don't do it by driving fast, slow, fast, slow, fast, slow, fast, slow. Get out the door as quickly. We're not talking about tripping over stuff. As quickly as you can. 
And that means no one, and, and some guys, it's like almost like they think it's beneath them to train even like new guys putting their gear on. And I'll tell you, I'm proud of the fact, I, 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 you know, I go up to my volunteer firehouse at Wichita West, and there's a group of guys, Jim Spears and Bradley Carver, and you look, and they're on the floor, and they've, they've got, they're like, ready, go. And they're like, and they're grabbing a the gear out of their locker, putting it all on, everything else, and then they're getting on a rig, jumping, and they're packing up, and then, beep, all right, done, start over. And, they're, and then they're going, so how fast? How fast should we go? And, and I told them, I said, well, my, my best buddy's son's going through the Wichita, Kansas Fire Academy, and they want them to be able to be fully donned with their gear, air pack, operating, seal check, purge, all that stuff, gloves on, in under 45, 45 seconds. Well, yeah, if you look at the NPA standard, you're supposed to be able to put everything on. And that's not just that. That's check your seal, purge, you know, bypass, all that, blah, 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 gloves, raise your hand, under two minutes. Or if you're already geared up, you'll put your SVN from a compartment or from the jump seat in under a minute. But these are brand new firefighters that are always saying, you need to get that under 45 seconds. They're already telling them, you know what? And I, this is how I read it, John. You know, this the reputation of this fire department or any of these departments we're talking about didn't happen on accident. It, it, it doesn't just all of a sudden, you didn't walk in and go, yeah, back in the 50s, these guys, and that's what, no reputations come and go. You know that great fire departments will become crappy fire departments under bad leadership with bad people. Don't give a shit about the job. It happens with the greatness by people who want to do that. The whole competition breeds breeds champions. You know, I, you know, we want to get water to the fire, not craziness, but we want to be able to get water faster. We want, you know, you and I've said this before, we're both very competitive about, we don't want to be picked second. I want Chief Salka to pick me first. I want to stretch a line into the building faster than the next engine because not because there's as much a competition because because I want to be the best at what I do. I don't want to be just okay, right? Absolutely. And, and, and another thing, another, I don't want to call it an angle, but but another thing that promotes getting dressed rapidly and getting on the rig is is like it's Sapplum Grove was one of them. FDMY always was one of them. Anywhere, anywhere where I ever worked. The guys had their boots with the suspenders, the coat hanger with the radio on top of it, the helmet inside, upside down with the two gloves. But a sample of a gold, the volunteer outfit. Everybody puts their stuff back on the racks. Helmet on the shelf, coat on a hanger, boots on the bottom shelf with the bucket pants. And you know what? We get we get dressed inside and we board the rig outside. The rig always rolls outside and stops first. That's where everybody gets on the rig. Always has been that way. And if guys want to make the run and get a seat, they get dressed quickly. That's another <laughs> another another great promoter of of turning out quickly and getting dressed quickly and getting geared up quickly is you'll get a seat on the pumper. You'll, you'll be able to make it out there. And, you know, some officers, and I count myself as one of them, when I was a captain of 48 engine, if you didn't make the rig, the, you, you, you were standing in blue smoke on the apparatus floor when we left. I didn't wait for anybody. You know, it wasn't like we were trying to leave anybody there. And I must tell you, it didn't happen very often at all. But I, I'm among... Some other officers, and I know some other guys whose no, whose names are a little bit well known, more well known than me. If you didn't make the rig, you were out of there, and you didn't have to work too many shifts in these great busy places to know you better get down there quick when a run comes in. You know, this career department now, volunteers as well, but career department should be expected to get out even faster. And you know, if you're getting dressed before you get on the rig, both of those things go hand in hand. Well, and not to get back into the whole every second counts, but every second counts. And I, I'm, I'm kind of, sometimes it's fun to sit back when we're teaching together and you talk about, 
you know, they're not our seconds. And I see some people in the audience, it's kind of like, you know, the little light bulb starts to glow and you see them looking going like they're just, because I think sometimes a lot of guys forget that it's, I don't think it's impressed upon them, you know, that we want you to take care of the firehouse or do your job and blah, blah, blah. You're, you know, you're there for each other and the men and women that work with you, blah, blah. But sometimes I don't think it's emphasized enough that look, there are people laying in beds right now that are in the smoke. There's some mom on the floor in the kitchen, you know, or some dad that somebody's trying to do CPR on them until we get there. Somebody's you not remember, breathing. I went to that seminar out west, and, and I sat in on a couple of the programs, both before and after mine. And 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 I'm, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the fellow's name, but there was a guy there that did a program on just that, and all he was really talking about was how fast you could put your face piece, how fast you could don your face piece from it being off to it being on fully with your helmet and gloves on a chest strap on. And he went through the whole, it was a video and he, and he talked through it and he said, you know, so we saved the second here. And then we decided to just throw the helmet back, leave the chin strap hanging around on that, get dressed. They just pull it up rather than take the helmet off to do it and pick it back up again. Then we decided, you know what, if you get good enough with your gloves on, it, it saves you almost four seconds of putting your gloves on when you're done. And then he had the face piece. It was like five or six straps for the face piece. He left two of them tightened to the, to the degree that they had to be tightened when he wore it. And he was able to get it on quickly with the two already tightened. And now he just had to tighten three more. Another minute, and a second and a half saved. And as he was going through this whole thing, he brought it down. And I'll make the numbers up. You know, he brought it down from 18 seconds to 12 or 11 or 9. And his guys are like, hey, Cap, hold on a second. This is wonderful stuff, and we're all into the job. We love getting dressed quickly. Really? Really? Nine seconds? Like, what's the big deal? He said, hey. And, and I'm telling you, when I heard this, I was sort of shocked because I had never really actually been physically told it. He said, hey, those nine seconds are not yours to waste. Those nine seconds belong to the people inside. That little girl laying in the bedroom above the fire, the grandma laying in the hallway who didn't make it to the front door. Nine seconds is nine seconds. Nine seconds less breathing smoke and toxic fumes and all the other stuff. And then you can multiply that by how long it takes you to find that thing in that compartment, how long it takes you to pull the hose off, how long it takes you like, are they going to charge this line or what? They've been there for two and a half minutes. They haven't flowed any water yet. All those little separate tactics and operations, 12 seconds delayed here, nine seconds delayed there, nine seconds delayed here. All of a sudden you put it together. Somebody's stuck inside that building for another minute and 10 seconds while you're I don't want to say twiddling your thumb because I'm not being critical about it, but while you're sort of dragging your ass around a little bit and not hopping to it, you know? Exactly. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's that complicated, John. I really don't. To be, to be great at what we do, I really don't think it's that complicated. Now, it takes some effort to hone your skills, right? Your craft. You, you, it takes time to be that good with your air package. A yeah, lot of training, training, training. We talk about training. Every day is a training day. Train, train, train. We understand it. What I'm saying is I don't think it's that difficult. It's not like you have to ask permission. And, and I, I think some guys, it's almost like they think they have to ask permission to be great at what they do. You don't have to ask permission. You know what? Do it. And I don't care if the rest of you guys on your shift or, or at that particular volunteer department are lazy asses. I don't care. You know, be, be the star. Be the shooting star. Be the one. That everybody, you know, the young guys, right, John, they're looking, going, man, you see, I want to be like him. I want, I want to, I want to be, you know, like Tim Clett. Do you see that? He's our Lieutenant and he beats us to the rig and look at him. He's always dressed. He's always got my Lieutenant Bill Allen, right? It's like, 
God, just we even did a show. We right, we did a show. Pete Lund, Pete Lund. If you didn't get off the back of that rescue, fully dressed, he was gone already. You, you'd see him just going through the front door. You 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 had to stay up with him, you know. Oh. And that was that was a motivating factor right there. And and we talked about it. we we did that one show. Be like Tim about Tim Clatter. You want to be a great company officer? Be like him. You want to be a great firefighter? Train your ass off. Get you know. Look, you can be all consumed with baseball and fishing and all your other stuff. The moment you hit the door, like we talked about, you, you, you be all in, man. Jump into the deep side of you know the pool and be part of us and, and do everything you can to be the best you can because there's people out there that you actually put your hand up probably and said, "I want to serve and protect." That are counting on you, you know. You know that are counting. And, and, and I've always said it, and you've heard me say it, and a lot of other people say it too. You know, it's very simple. It's not. It's not. It's not very polished, but it's true. You know, once you arrive at the scene of a fire, get your ass in there. You know what I'm saying? You right. know what you got to do. You know what tools you got to do. You know what line you got to pull. Get your ass in there. Forget all this fumbling around outside. You should. You should hit the ground running, man. Not running. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and again. This all comes back to everything we've talked about with Stockton, California, incredible fire department, plus great guys and gals. We, we, lo- we love them. You know, Wichita, Kansas, we talk about FDNY, Louisville. We mentioned Snohomish, uh, uh, Fort Worth. Uh, uh, golly, man, we could keep going. We talked about our departments. Oh, Timmy, with- Timmy's, Timmy's boys down there in Baltimore, busy, busy oh, place down there. Baltimore City, Baltimore County. I mean, there's some great – God, there's just under 40,000 fire departments in the United States alone, and there's thousands more in Canada – you know, where, like we've said before, the only difference between the Canadian fire service and that in the States is a, a blurry line on a map, you know, so we've got great fire departments in all places, <clears throat> but you want to be great, then, then get after it. You want to be great, then make it happen. Make a decision right now that you're going to be the best you can be. Make a decision right now that you're going to train your ass off. And set Know the your, example. Set the example. Set the be, example. Be the leader, not the follower, you know? Like you said, expect fire, expect victims. If you do that, then you know your tools. You know your nozzles. You know everything on your rig. And you know what's at. You know your PPE. You know your gear. You're into tactics and strategy. You've got that coordinated. you got that aggressive step. Not reckless that like we talked about, but you're aggressive in what you're doing the way we get off the rig quick and off we go. The bottom side's talking to the top side when it comes to work. Like I talked about that video I just posted, uh, shared from, from Stockton. The great communication between the roof crew and the interior crews and the battalion chief, you know, the training, the leadership. You talked about the chief from Wichita that the guy's like, man, you know what? I'm telling you right now, she, she we, things have changed. She's fought for this for us. She's fought, you know, I'm just saying great bosses, take care of their people and do great things for them. You know, and I've always said before, it's easy to do, you know, good things with great people when you're, when you're a boss and it comes down to what you said, you want it, you want to be great, act like a great firefighter, be that great firefighter, be ready, you know, and, and, you know what and I say, encompasses the whole thing, start your own parade, right? Start <laughs> your own parade, man. There's your next, star- Hey, there's another article for you for the back page of firehouse. Start your own. Start your own parade. There you go, buddy. Hey, so sum it up for us. Let's finish this one off. We've been talking about just a smidgen of great fire departments in this country, but some of our favorites, like we said, I think a great title for the show would be why, why you know, why we talk about Stockton, Wichita, Louisville, and all that stuff. Tell tell that young firefighter, it's like, well, why do you talk, Chief? Why do you talk so much about Wichita, Kansas, or Stockton, whatever? Sum it up for them. How do they have? To, what do they have to do to get there themselves? You know, it, it's it's not so easy. Uh, some places have been that way forever. Some places are just turning that way. 
Number one, it's a bunch of people that really like the job. Number two, it, it's senior people that promote it to stay interested in the job, even when they get a little bit of time and they break in. They're great mentors for the new young people. It's great leadership. It's officers that know what they're doing and, and train their people. And it's the upper echelon of the fire department that pays attention to the bottom half of the fire department is doing all the work. You know what I'm saying? Some people at headquarters, like you said, oh, if it wasn't for all the people, we'd it'd be a great job, right? But all yeah. kidding inside. Sometimes the top of the fire department paying so much attention to city hall and, and tax rates and, and budgets, which is all important stuff. And sometimes they forget about the engines and trucks and the firefighters that are out there and, and, and keeping them motivated, you know? So yeah, they, I know chiefs and things all together. I know chiefs in small departments that never even show up at fires. And you know what? And that's good. As long as they're good at their paperwork and budgets and writing policies and, you know, looking good in your uniform and, you know, all that stuff. I mean, as long as you, you, there, you there's, there's that side of the business, but you know, you got to be into the job and you got to be into your people if you're looking for great things. So, well, Hey, kind of us just this is actually like us like we talk about this is you and i having a conversation over breakfast or at a hotel lobby when we go back to each other we'll go hey and we start talking like you did when we were at great bend kansas about you just unloaded about all the stuff you saw in wichita kansas and how impressed you were you know on a very short visit you know um so that was it we talked about that you you know you want you you want to see some great videos Follow Stockton Firefighters Local 456, follow Wichita, you know, and, and watch them and go, okay, I need to work on that or I need to work right. on that. And maybe next year we'll be talking about your fire department rather than <laughs> a couple of our favorites that we already recognize. Exactly. And, and for, the, for, the, for our listeners, you know, please, there's a ton of great fire departments out there. Absolutely. They are. It'd be impossible to mention them all. But, you know, we mentioned some of our absolute favorites. So, uh, John, if they want to get a hold of you, what's email, buddy? Chief John Salka at gmail.com. And I'm Chief Lasky at gmail.com. And we appreciate you joining us and spreading the word. We get a lot of folks come up to you and say they love listening to old school. And uh, don't forget, go back, you know, tell some, some of your younger guys to start the beginning. We've been doing these shows for years now. Uh, we've got uh, now hundreds of thousands of, 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 you know, hits, views, whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh, on, on the social media and different things with these shows. So we thank you enough. If we ever do anything for you, don't hesitate to give us a call, shoot us an email or go to our websites. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. With that, we always end all of our shows with a very important phrase. And that's please keep the men and women in our armed forces and your thoughts and prayers. And probably the most important part of what we end with, never forgetting means never forgetting. Thank you. God bless you. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye.